Hi, I'm Jenna, the Minimalist Doula, and I'm here again with Natalie Meddings, author of How to Have a Baby and Why Home Birth Matters. And we're here to talk about part two of How to Have a Baby in Hospital. And what obviously what's happened since we last filmed is a few more changes in maternity care. And we're seeing mothers getting obviously quite panicked um, because of these changes. And what we hope to do with our videos is let you know that actually not much has really changed. And I think when you have a really deep understanding of labour and birth, and maybe some people don't yet, they feel like, you know, the hospital is the main event, the main setting, and all this, you know, the care has changed. But actually, where you spend most of your labour, for everybody, corona or not, is in your home. So... We want to talk today um, about that and being home in early labour. But what we want to talk about is a concept that Natalie um, <clears throat> told me a good few years ago now when I first met her in her home on a doula training day and she shared the beautiful theory of room one and room two, which is a way to look at labour that I think Unless you've met Natalie and maybe read her book, you might not have even heard of. And it's such a beautiful way to consider how you're going to feel in labour. And it's quite different, I think, to traditional sort of antenatal teachings, but um, much more real. <laughs> you know, it is how your body responds in labour, isn't it? But I'm going to pass over to Natalie because I want her to talk about it because it's her thing. But um, it's really fantastic. So Natalie... Please share all about room one and room two for everybody. Can I preface it by saying, of course, it's not my thing. It's, it's how the body expresses labour, but in the oh, sense yeah. I've given it a framework, a scaffolding, yeah. Yeah. Um, and ironically, I always say to people, it's like I'm becoming a bit, when I explain it, it's a bit of a strange uh, management of labour in the sense. It's like saying, think of it like this, think of it like this. But I'm doing that so that you can relax. It's, it's, it's not a sort of set in set of instructions or a way in a, in a kind of formal way. It's a way to free mothers up so that they can follow the feelings as they are felt. So it's not about um, a right way or wrong way. Um, sometimes like I got called yesterday by somebody saying, what I'm worried about is when do I do what? That was the really, you know, she said like, when do I put my hand in a birthing on? When do I relax? When do I get my ball out? When do... I remember as an active birth teacher when I was training, people used to say, when do I do this position? When do I squat? When do I hang? When do I, I mean, it's, it, and it's an indication of how back to front it's all got, that we end up thinking there's a pre-prescribed set of, like, 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 um, what's the word? Like a repertoire. And as if birth is a stage play, we need them to know the lines for or something, you know, rather than what it is, which is a set of feelings. So, Let's start from the beginning. First of all, it's really exciting for me to be able to use it uh, properly in this context because it's always my like dream. I sometimes even lay there at night going, I just wish people could do it this way and understand it this way. Because I truly believe if we could all understand it this way, you'd see normality rates going through the roof. I feel like this is an opportunity actually because for women who are facing more fears about where they're going to hospital and they've planned to be in hospital, then actually there is some responsibility here to think, well, actually I don't want to be in hospital for too long or unnecessarily, you know, too long. And therefore I need to, you know, go to hospital when I'm ready to go. Then for people who are, have been shocked to discover that they can't maybe have a midwife at home, they also need to have a new plan. So it feels like a big old muddle, but is it? It's not really. If you go back to, as you said, the actual labouring body, your experience of birth. And so I want to help you to understand it from the inside out. And that will give you so much control and so much like a sense of like understanding the pathway. So how it works is this. Typically, and around the country, around the world, actually, people tend to see birth as a sequential trajectory where the birth sort of starts with a strongish, well, first cramps, then more crampy waves. And, and everyone sort of sees it like this. It builds, it builds, it builds, it builds, and gets ever stronger until a baby comes. Technically, that is what's happening, sort of, but it's very, very blunt instrument. 
right? And actually for the mother herself, it's not how she feels it. And it's really how people look at it. And once again, which is why I get driven mad by it, it's like birth being um, described to women through the observer's eye. And it's the most, it, that is the most powerful disempowerment. And it, it's so crazy that women get, that we all understand it through how it looks, not how it feels. It does my brain in, right? And so, because then what you get told is, oh, it's going to, you know, that's why this counting of contractions or the dilation score thing comes in because it's an ever ascending, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, contractions stronger, 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 stronger that, that, and that's not how it feels. It's just not how it feels. And women need to know that. So how I want to tell you, how I want to explain it to you is, is from absolutely from the perspective of how you are going to feel it. Let me put in a small caveat that there are some exceptions, but they are rare. Um, and maybe we could, maybe there might be time to address them a bit more detail later. But for the vast majority, the experience of birth is like this. It's like two separate rooms. There's room one and there's room two. The room one, the first room, as we call it, is the readying space. It's like the ante room. It's where your body's preparing, where your baby's preparing. And it very much feels like that for the woman. And in that experience, she can feel anything from cramps to crampy waves, even to full-blown contractions that, that would be classed as contractions. But here's the most important thing. She is not in room two, other, i.e. labor. So you've got to think of it as almost, it's almost like us two now. It's like two separate spaces, two separate conditions, two separate feelings. It's, 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 and rather than what it's typically understood as, which is this sort of single line of ever strengthening contractions. Once people can separate it into two parts, like they're in, oh yeah, I'm in the reading space now. What happens? They relax. They stop watching themselves. They stop second-guessing themselves. They stop anticipating the move to hospital. And they just let go to it, okay? So we need to define for them, and maybe you can help me in a second, um, of what is room one, it, deeply what it is. I'll just start by saying a bit anatomically what it is. The cervix is still at the very beginning of room one, which is when your baby's just having ideas. It's even the cervix is still closed and, and firm and maybe even pointing backwards. But basically all of room one is your body and your baby starting to do this. You know, it's just massage, the baby's massaging and pressing and leaning in and tucking its chin. And the more the baby, I've got a baby here. Look. <laughs> and the more, the more the baby's yeah. leaning in and yeah. pressing, 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 the more you're feeling those early feelings first, cramps and crampy waves. Now, how, what, what defines room one as, um, what makes room one so clear for people is in between those contractions or whatever you want to call them, surges, or you know, they, they can be even quite strong, is you bob back up. You, you, there's space in between that is very noticeable for the mother. She feels not just able to engage but willing to engage and will actively make a decision like if you she will still text us as soon as we see it don't we they'll there's be a long text um you could get yourself a drink you would get it to be honest even in full-blown labor you can you're in charge of yourself but the difference is you don't want to do anything but let's just go back to room one so you don't act in room one you just in between the, the, the contraction waves you just feel very here still very yeah. present tense very much in your uh if that was me giving birth i'm in my natalie self yeah. you know i'm i'm in, engaging as natalie if you see what i mean or you as jenna i would come to i'd very possibly ask for something you know like a can i have a blanket to my partner or can you get me this a drink um you might be lying still and doing comfort positions that's not in question but am i in labor is what we're talking about which we're going to set aside for a minute that's room two so room one, it can be literally anything from early cramps to then crampy waves to then quite, and this is the, this is the most misleading thing, regular strong contractions. That's the key about room one. It can be regular strong contractions, but how do we as doulas and how do we teach our mothers to know this isn't labor yet? This isn't labor. It's because in between, they're pretty clear. 
in even during the contraction they're probably still able to stand and sway um their whole body is not engaged in a total vigor total repetitive locomotive intensity that is like a car on a motorway there's just no going back there are no roundabouts now there are no traffic lights it's just one way that's labor but this earlier room one bit people get misled because they think oh the contractions are strong these are really strong i must be in labor not necessarily no room two is we're going to save that up that's when it, it you can feel it's going somewhere there's directional feeling to it room one you may well have very, very, very strong contractions, enough that you need to sigh. And you certainly have your eyes closed and you certainly need to breathe slowly, deeply and everything. And you certainly be swaying, rocking, and you certainly need some comfort, like maybe a bath or a hot water bottle. But the question is, are you in labor? Now, I, this, I always feel that we get on people's nerves a lot. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> you, see, you see a lot of doulas and maybe midwives say, Nobody can know. Nobody can know. Some women just don't feel this. It's different for everybody. You, do, you, do you see that a lot? And I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I mean, they might respond differently, but I think it's um, to hear that as a pregnant woman can be very, not alarming, but it can be a bit, what, how am I going to know? You know how, how, what, how will I experience it? Yeah. And so I think it's a shame to miss this opportunity to say that actually most women do feel the build-up part of birth, room one, mostly the same. Would you say that you, it, it, may, it might be different time frames? By the way, this some of people would have it for a couple of hours. Some people have just been to one four days, and that's what gets muddling because people tend to do this thing. And can I say this slowly and clearly? People bank contractions. Now, what do I mean by banking? They go, oh, I've been doing this. Let me see. I've, you know. The husbands and partners particularly do this we've been contracting for 12 hours it must be labor mm. there's a lot of that you know yeah. they're banking them they're mentally thinking well that's we've done our we've done our bit that must mean we need to go in now and not helped by the fact of course the mother may be feeling you know it's quite hard it's tough and they want to see it as that but can what we need to also look at is if she wasn't second guessing herself and worrying she probably wouldn't feel so in pain or, or stressed by it and she would relax and go no no clearly I'm not in that bit yet so I'm gonna have a bath right so I know I'm taking my chances here because I, I think it probably annoys a lot of people when we say no you're not in labor yet and because that that's classed as the thing of like somehow I'm taking control and saying you know I decree you're not I'm not trying to do that I'm trying to get you on the inside of your body to read your body yourself it is enormously powerful. When Michelle O'Don trained me, and when I had, he, I was with he was my, you know, with me in labour, and you've heard her. He he says this phrase. He says, in a very French accent, you know, he says, "You don't sound like a woman in labour to me." Now he's not, he's not judging or just, you know, knocking yeah. the woman back. Yeah. What when he said that to me, he said, "You don't sound like a woman in labour to me." Whoop, like that. <laughs> I felt fantastic. <laughs> I relaxed. I went, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'll just get yeah. a tea." And of course, he was right. The fact that I could actually think to myself, mm, well, it's quite hard, actually. I feel really that these are strong. Mm. But instead, I was like, no, I, I get what he means. He means, I know what he means. He means... What you guys are doing, like, with what he's saying and what you're saying now, is it is such a gift because you are helping them pace themselves. I mean, if we, if we go from the very first feeling in our body, yes, we're all going to have days and days of labor and mentally that's just just doesn't work whereas what happens with room one and room two you just kind of get rid of like, like two or three days of labor yeah. and you're you know you're home and you're like you say you still rest you might be even having strong contractions but you're not giving all your mind and energy and attention to your body so you're not exhausted you're not mentally exhausted and you're not physically exhausted so that's what i i i didn't mean to interrupt you but that's what i adore about it's room one and room two is the pace you've just you've just helped them have a shorter labor mentally and physically which means they don't get too tired and they're okay you know sorry go exactly. on. and you're conserving 
energy and by having that doorway where, where you're, you're still in this very much in the ante room very much mm. in the ready room, mm. um you don't get caught up in layers of tension so you're not only are you saving expectation you're basically pacing your expectation you're pacing your energy yeah. and of course the, the, the very physical and emotional knock-ons of that is you stop watching yourself yeah. Now, yeah. watching yourself in birth is the most stressful thing. And it's the reason so many people have long births. Because the more onion layers of tension you whack into your body, the more pain it's going to be. The more contractions are going to be less efficient. But not the more less. The, 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 less, the contractions are going to be less efficient because they're working against you. You're more resistant, basically. Yeah. And if you've gone like 10 hours in and you've been even 20, you know, a day, through a night, through a tricky night, and you're yeah. thinking this is it, you 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 will end up by morning like this oh oh that's all that you see all that puff you know people get really sort of tense now at least 50 percent of that is is disappoint is a kind of frustration a kind of edginess so let me give you an anecdote i went around i'm sure she won't mind us sharing her her experience so you know i won't say names but i was around at her house and she'd had a two two and a half days of intermittent strong contractions enough that she needed a hot water bottle and she was getting fed up, right? And by the time I got around there on the second day, she was starting to lose it. But she knows one room one and she knows room two very, very clearly. So I reminded her, I said, well, think, you know, we're not in labor yet. And I was sort of, hold, you know, we're not in room two. And she went, and she was, I'm going to show you how she was. This was the contraction. <sighs> quite short but she needed to breathe out um anyway she was at a kitchen island leaning and she was rocking and swaying over in the corner was her husband frying eggs right and bacon by the way right she was doing this she said no and she starts getting a bit tearful right he then brings the eggs and the bacon over and he puts it down in front of her and she just was what was happening the loving gesture made a beautiful plate of breakfast she actually did feel quite hungry, even if she hadn't, I don't think it mattered because it was such a sweet, he'd laid it out so beautifully. And what it did was it made her see in the spaces, she was clear as a bell and she was like, oh yeah, I'm not really, my whole hundred percent of my body is not engaged with having a baby yet. I clearly can manage a fried egg. You know, it was like she could stop, pick up a knife and fork, cut her own thingy, cut her own dinner, go like that, and carry on talking and then yeah five minutes later there came another one that was enough booth to it that she had to stand again lean on her kitchen island do that sat down ate more bacon and eggs that's room one you know that is not labor but i put money on it if she hadn't known and she had having a hospital birth without a doula she'd have probably gone in at that point because it was so it was strong enough for her to feel you no, know, she's big noises and she was what happened in the five minutes in between she was here she was now she was clear she was totally actually without pain of course and she was able to chat to me and her husband and eat her eggs and bacon so what did she do she started to laugh we started to relax um we had a coffee i had a drink she let go and you literally saw her body halve with discomfort literally halved she then even had a nap that afternoon and she didn't go into room two till eight o'clock that night and it was a very smooth labor. So what she's doing is she's, she's letting go of unnecessary assessment of herself. She's letting go of unnecessary apprehension, anticipation and watchfulness. You clear your body space. All, of bod all birth is, is a clearing of your body. You are literally making room for that baby to start to drop and descend so much about early labor has become caught up and tense that i think we actually make labors so birth sorry so unnecessarily long because we do this we do this you see my body we go like this with all the watchful counting and what you know i'm in this phase i'm in state you know am i dilating rather than what needs to be happening is this and that letting total release some of what we talked about in the first section that total ease is what allows your baby to go into room two you know it's, it's what allows the body to feel oh okay my owner my body's you know my, has, has got this she's not giving it any unnecessary attention you know what i mean so you can't control that can you that's not something you can control it's the opposite you have to genuinely 
let go and just go with your like you always say that gorgeous expression follow your feelings you are following your feelings you know and I think what you were saying about the um, being clear in between contractions I think that is so powerful because I know that when I you know when I'm talking to my mums and dads about this or mums and partners that um I always you know I demo it so I do a little you know a bobbing so I get down and I do my you know this is you you're going to come back and you're going to suddenly go, oh, can I have a glass of water? You know, and you come back in the room and you do that a few times. And like you say, you're, you're clear in between. But when, when you're not clear anymore, well, we will talk about this more, won't we, in room two, but yeah. you just stay there. You close mm -hmm. your eyes and you're focused on the rest. You, you're, mm -hmm. not, you're not coming back up. And I think for dads as well, if they're worried about when to go in, it's such a key thing for dads, isn't it, to be aware of that that you know that idea yeah, that they are still clear actually, in between that they're fine you know exactly and actually can i just can we elaborate there i really what i'm so excited about this talk we're having is it gives me a chance to sort of gives us the chance to really nail all those little questions and doubts and people often say to what you just said ah i was talking to the end now we often hear that don't you and this is a miss there's two misunderstandings about birth some people say, oh, when I'm in oxytocin, you know, full oxytocin, I'm in full labor, um, I will, my, my mind will go, I'll be, I'll, all this obsession, with, I'll let go of my neocortex and I will be, I think people imagine it's a kind of dream state, um, yeah, yeah. almost an absence. They, they, people talk about words like I retreat into myself. People talk about zones, don't they? You know, I'm inside myself. And the other one, the myth is, oh, I, you know, the idea that you just don't want to talk meaning you can't talk right or you can't talk through that. them is often a question you can't so people imagine it's a state of out of controlness now let's clarify this mm. so in room two which we will elaborate more detail later but it's not that you can't speak can we just really stress that it is not that you cannot verbalize yeah. it is not that you i don't even think women feel fuzzy i think actually they feel unbelievably alert i mean alert in a way actually if you think about it from an evolutionary biology perspective the infant is about to arrive. From a survival perspective, I don't think human beings are ever more alert than when their baby's about to come. It's not that it's not cognitive alert. It's not like rational decision-making adrenaline alert. It's like another level alert. It's like you are on fire. You're absolutely, you don't forget that when you've got a two or three-year-old, let's picture them, sorry, not a very nice analogy, but if they're in danger of falling off a climbing frame or running in, you would literally throw your body into to protect them wouldn't you yeah. that's what mother's like in birth i mean she will do anything she is primed and absolutely programmed to protect this child right so actually very far from it being this sort of fuzzy stoned ah, oh, i'm in labor that's again the looking like thing that's what women look like they look like they're off the planet they are not off the planet they are acutely sensitive Every, which is why they get disturbed, disturbed by hospital. Yeah. You know, it's why people get disturbed. But I was at a birth once where a woman went, what's that? What's that? And it was the midwife's biro. That, I've had yeah, that just, just, just pinging up, like from, from what you say, looking, it looks like they're all over here. And then what was that? They, like you say, it's like um, an internal alertness. And it's presence, isn't it? Never more present in their whole life because they're not thinking. They are here in their body, present. So we don't mean, I think we've got to be careful. Phrases like, oh, when you're in labor, your mind switches off. People often say, oh, but my mind didn't switch off. My brain did not switch down. No, let's not be missing here. That's not what we're saying. And when we say you won't be talking in labor, we don't mean that either. What we're meaning is, and we'll save this up to analyze it more um, when we talk about going into the second room, is, is that your overwhelming urge, like every cell and fiber of your being, is to concentrate on the job in hand. That means there isn't much space to talk. That's all it means. It means there's no desire to speak. There's no desire to engage. Why? Because the beat and pulse of your body is so overwhelmingly intense. There is nothing more in the universe for you in that moment. That's why going, yeah, honey, can you get me a drink? Or, oh, women will drag a blanket on them or they'll, they'll reach for a drink sort of almost underthinkingly but to actively go oh hi yeah you know when we're the doulas when we're going to hospital with people 
what we provide is the continuity of their focus so they don't have to notice they're getting in an uber so they don't have to notice what triage is presenting that's what we're for as doulas isn't it to keep that flow state labor is a, a flow state of such deep profound proportions you cannot miss it it is so powerful and what annoys me about even the concept of stage one labor stage two labor if you think about it, so stage one technically is what is taught all around the country in every birth class going because of friedman's curve which taught people that stage one labor is not dilation to 10 centimeters dilation the established part of that i.e four to five centimeters onwards which is also relevant but you know to me that very rhythmic time kind of gets lost in it gets a bit of a, it becomes a bit of an addendum in 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 sessions where people say oh yeah labor becomes more and more established you know and it becomes more and more rhythmic and it becomes stronger well that's how long is a piece of string isn't it what a nightmare to tell women oh at some point vague 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 is gonna get stronger well that's totally subjective this is why room one room room two works because it's basically saying to you like notice from the inside so the hit let's go through the let's go through the ingredients of room one if you like okay first of all i'm i'm going to give you the bad news is as jenna said it's an unpredictable time length there's no way we can know my i was in this from monday tuesday and through to wednesday afternoon i have been with people who had 20 minutes so it it is unpredictable why because it isn't it is dependent on multiple variables baby's position mother's emotions environment um contraction power uh the baby's readiness uh, i mean multiple things and what do we know for sure that mother the sarah jenna natalie matilda whatever she is still running it right so it makes total sense to me that i'm quite an angsty person um i'm quite a set a kind of careful person i don't take any risks makes total sense to me that my room one was really kind of careful <laughs> you know i was really backing into it like a very edgy per like you know and, and this is the thing is to understand yourself that room one is very much you you know so you're going to need to resource yourself for that and if you're a natural kind of you know quite if you are quite an anxious person then then you need to think okay how am i going to help myself with this because um you know comfort wise keeping calm wise other people they just seem to dive straight in it's hard i can't be exacting about it but the point is is it's very much you in the conscious you right that's the point right the second thing to know about the sensations is and this is again there's more bad news is this is not cramps that's my other annoyance is that it tends to get presented as I, I ask women over and over again this, what's your understanding of early labour? I hate the phrase early labour, as you know. I literally think it should be banned from the English language. Early labour is the most misleading concept while we continue to have hospital birth. It used to work because we were going to stay at home and then women could understand it. But now people see as early labour is the home bit, labour is the hospital bit. And that gets totally muddled, right? So then people's perception is, oh, early labour is when it's sort of a bit stronger than period cramps. I think that's what they think. So the moment contractions become enough to make you breathe and sigh and lean, of course, people assume that's labor. Room two, and it's not. And well, it could be, but it most usually isn't. And, and we're going to explain how you know you're really in labor later. I think, I think you're right that we should, we'll put, for the purposes of this chat, we just really want you to get deeply, a deep grasp of what to expect if you know what to expect you can relax and if you can relax here's the great news you are going to use your homes your space your now usefully and your now will be anything from you wake at 2 a.m and you've gone to the loo and suddenly you realize that it wasn't the loo that awoken you it was like this grumbly feeling and it's a bit intermittent it's a bit shapeless that's how it might start a bit of show maybe which is and it can be a bit bloody and you put a pad in and you'll go back to bed a bit excited. So that's, everyone gets that, that's home. Then it might be that that crumbles on through morning, you wake up, it goes off. How many times we as doulas have women phoning us and they go, oh, it doesn't sound right. I don't know, it's all gone off now. Oh no. Absolute total waste of time to worry and be frustrated because you're not in labor, you're not in room two. End of story, go back to your day. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't get it going. I mean, sorry to say, I think even a lot of birth work can start saying march around and do squats. No, 
you're not in labor. It's, no, you, it's like trying to go to sleep at 2 p.m. or something. So forget it, have your fried eggs. Right, then it might come back again in the day. On you go, probably for a first time, well, you know, we can't tell, everybody's different. But the point is, it's, it is, I think most people tend to understand it can be irregular. But here's the thing that people don't understand, is it can be regular. That's the thing that I think is confusing. And when I got really, I mean, when I became good doula was when I first understood this regular word. You can have contractions on the money every five minutes for a long time and still not be in labor. And, and I'm sure you've seen this, even three, five, three minutes, five minutes, three minutes, five minutes. Again, it's this timing thing misleads people. But if in those three minute, five minute gaps, do you know Liliane, Liliane, who's my doula, obviously the mother of grandmother doula, she always used to have a little sneaky trick, which is so clever. She just used to say, where are your towels? And if a woman goes, oh, um, right, so the airing cupboard over there, right, if you go up there, and it's, when that, that's always been my check, right? And I know we let this do the secrets here, but what's happening in that moment? Or even like Liliane used to say, could you just remind me, what's the nearest tell me how to get to hospital or something like that. I mean, this is, you don't even have to go into this detail, but to let you in on this stuff, it's like, because that's how we as doulas do it. We aren't clinical. So we can't check you and assess you for dying. And then neither would we want to, and we don't need to. The, re the reason we can help, we can sit there comfortably knitting in the corner is all the while we know you're telling us where your airing cupboard is or, you know, now it is true that even in deep, deep labor, a woman will be able to tell you stuff, but let me show you what she would do. When I tried to get a pair of knickers, if you've ever done this, and I, and, yeah, I say, where are your knick where's your knicker drawer? And she's in really full labor. This is what she'll look like. Oh, um, uh, um, isn't it? That's, that's, when you're in, that's the level. She, why is she not, she could, eventually she'll get there and explain to me where her knickers are, but it'll be an annoyance for her. It'll be something that she's not wanting to give any energy to. Whereas a woman in room one has still got clarity to a point um let's think what other things can you add in like what your observations of room one the feelings i think the thing about room one is i always think like i like to use the word normality which you've always taught me as well you know that everything's just normal and in terms of how you're feeling i think it's very much what we've spoken about about the engagement that you have around the room like when you say she doesn't it's like, what I think it is, is you've shed your ability to give a shit a bit. <laughs> That's room two, you know? Because in room one, she's trying to please you by answering where her knickers are. She's, you know, she's like, oh, I must be polite and Natalie needs to know and I must get this right and da da da. And then in room two, suddenly she's like, oh, this stuff actually, lo and behold, <laughs> doesn't matter where my knickers are. She'll figure it out in a minute. I'm busy. And I'm going to think about myself and my body and I'm concentrating. I think it's room one, you're not yet, you haven't yet shed those layers. You're still, you know, you're still thinking, you're still, it's the awareness, self-awareness of your, your, your own self, like in that space. Whereas when you're in room two, you don't have that self-awareness. You are now. I love, with your I love the word busy, busy. That's yeah. it. The word. Because in, in Grantly Dick Reed's book, but Childbirth Without Fear, do you remember there's the famous encounter with the woman in the East End tenement and she's in labor and he keeps trying to give her chloroform and eventually she just knocks him she just looks up and she says can't you see I'm busy yeah and and and, and that's the thing is a woman in labor a woman in womb too yeah. is busy with her body yeah. she's busy at a level you can't even imagine it's as busy as if you'd imagine saying to somebody in the middle of the night sleep by the way could we plan tomorrow you know the woman is deep in her body asleep and that's it that it looks like asleep even and she's in a deep deep intense internal space that's very very different from you know when we judge it by contraction strength or contraction regularity or dilation scores these are all quite abstract they don't mean anything to the woman but if you give her the tools to understand that either she's in it or she's not in it she will save so much energy as will the partner because yeah. now the partner will sleep and, and and how many men when you give them this empowerment or partners they will go off and cook a meal because yeah. they get it oh right this I'm, i can relax whereas i bet you anything as we're on this call right now there'll be people all over the country with dads stood over a woman in room one 
timing the contractions, writing them down in the little pad. I'm not knocking it. I get why, because they're anxious. But um, the woman's on the ball. He's sitting next to her. He's watching her, watching her. Every time someone's anticipating the next wave, what that becomes is, is much more, is pain in the sense is given more of a headline. You know, what's that phrase? I heard from an anaesthetist once that in doctor school, they, got, they get told pain is what the patient says it is. And that's interesting from our perspective because, so in other words, it's a personal experience. Well, there you have it, right? If you're basically going, things have begun. You know, labor is underway. I'm going to count my pains. Could there be anything more counterproductive than counting pain? You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Whereas if you don't, and instead your husband's giving you fried eggs, that Matthew who did that, I literally could have kissed him because he put it down with such ceremony and like, and he went like that, let's have a fry up, you know, and he like rubbed his hands and he's like that and he's in with his sausages. She just was like, oh, well, they're not bothered and I'm not bothered. And she wasn't bothered. You know what I mean? And she was like, all right. And she spent the rest of the day very happy, thanks. With the oxytocin element, I always say to my mums, I'm like, well, oxytocin is super shy. You know, it's just shy. So why don't stare at it? Don't stare <laughs> it down. Don't stare it down and make it go. Yeah. You know, you've got it. It's like you're tricking your own body. You're, you're almost like looking away and going, oh, I know you're doing something, but I don't really know what you're doing. And you've got to look the other way. The opposite, and, haven't you? Yeah, and counting contractions in that obvious, am I in labour? When is labour? How is it happening? Make it happen. Is literally, we can't, there must be, every woman in this country must know the feeling of trying to go to sleep. You know, whether it's because you had a flight in the morning or you've got something worrying you, and you think, I've got to get to sleep, I've got to get to sleep. There is nothing more agitating in all the world than trying to sleep. And exactly what the way birth is done now, telling women that they've got to sort of move it along. Am I in labour? Let's count contractions. Is simply like trying to sleep, you know. Yeah. And as we know, the other, with the standard sexual analogy in birth, it's like trying to have an orgasm or trying to fancy somebody, like we said last time. I mean, you, you've got, you can't try. You can't no, I mean, birth is like a desire state. It's like an, a longing. It's that like you have to work as it unfolds in you. So if we're basically giving you this space in order to un, in order to leave yourself out of all that expectation, let your body go, and then the trick is to follow what actually is happening. Now, what will happen in terms of sensation is you are still going to feel something come into your body, and it's not from outside. It is you, you know, a wave of gathering up that is actually very female very swelly very normal feeling as one woman said to me once why does nobody tell you it's familiar you know it's a very it's not some external pain that's come to do something to you it feels very very normal actually so it comes in and here's the news oh and it goes again right just let it come in let it go out and then in the meantime those spaces that are there for you you, you know, I mean, everyone talks box sets. I've become personally like I've got my playlist or my box set. You know, this and, and, and I think it becomes a very sort of cheesy way to approach early labor because everyone thinks, oh, I'll just watch my funny films and I'll just play my fun, my lovely music. Now, there's no denying that music can be incredibly comforting and distracting. Absolutely. As can a funny film, as can your favorite film. But if you've literally got it, I find I find it's a bit like, is that normal or is it an affected choreograph normal? Sitting at 2 p.m. to watch five, you know, six episodes of something, is that normal? It's not that normal, is it? You know, to spend all day, what, you know, listening to tracks from your life, it's kind of a bit eerie, actually. <laughs> so I, I, I would say, what were you planning to do? Doesn't mean you don't use that. You know, to say the evening comes and you're almost bored or something, but... But to sort of sit down in this very structured way that it's taught, like, oh, get your box sets, get your, get some distractions. Are your distractions fake distractions, or are they genuinely, oh, I fancy listening to X, Y, or Z? So you've got to move organically through room one in an egg fried egg sort of way, you know. Just is it breakfast? Yes, it's breakfast. You know, is it a walk time? Let's go for a walk. Actually, I fancy a nap. Oh, I want to tie. I want to go through my baby clothes again. Um, I, I talked. I had a very anxious woman this week, and we thought of a really nice thing to do 
to add in to what we did on, on the first film was that she was so I found it really soothing today getting all my baby's clothes ready and, I, and an old Italian granny taught me once how to when I used to travel we didn't we went in this, in this big van traveling around Europe and had all these clothes and she taught me how to iron with my hands <laughs> and basically you warm your hands like this and you yeah. smooth out your baby clothes right oh. and so she so she was just smoothing out and so imagine the little baby grow and you just smooth it out so, and, and layer them and all this kind of thing well that's the kind of lovely thing to do in room one you know you can you can you, you can lean and sway and breathe and you're rocking do your thing it's past go back to my baby clothes you know it's that kind of thing but let's add in here eventually and we know this don't we as doulas the box set will be bloody annoying as will the sound you know and you're still in room one you know what I mean? It'll just be like, oh, I don't know. You don't know what to do with yourself, but you're still not in labor. That's where people get unstuck. And that is about, if I'm looking at it anatomically, you're probably two to three centimeters. It start feeling, it's starting to feel strong. And it's, I call that person three centimeter woman because what she does is she usually goes to hospital at this point. Most people say absolutely normal urge to go to hospital. I get it totally. It's starting to get its boots on. Um, and quite instinctively and naturally, according to midwifethinking.com, she says, you're going to the place where you want to have your baby. So it's totally natural. This is really important for our corona setting, right? It is totally natural. It's not wrong to go to hospital. It's not, oh, I went too early. There is no too early. You've gone because you want to feel safe, right? And what's happening is you're starting to feel the contractions have booth. The problem is... The hospital is not there to accommodate this period. And they, if they do a check on you and they find your two to three centimeters, which is strong and rhythmic and repetitive, and it feels like, well, this is full on, but I put money on it. You'll be bobbing up in between. I put money on it. When you get in that cab, you'll feel a bit of spacing out and then becoming a bit slower. I put money on it that you could very easily stand like this from a contraction. Now a woman in room one could easily do this. Roman in room two could not do this. You have to be close to the floor. 99% of women would be need to lean on something or hang on something or be down low. To stand free with a baby that's now descending is very hard. So that's another good measure, right? But she's now gone in. Now here's the great opportunity of Corona. <laughs> is that you have to think again. Now, please don't think we are unsafely telling you not to go to hospital. That's not what we're saying. We're saying follow the... We're going to explain what you're going to be feeling with the second, the next section. But don't go by contract, contraction strength or into, uh, go by... I suppose we can't make this make sense until we've talked about room two. But basically, if you... You may feel it's picking up pace, but if you are still bobbing up in between, and if you would have... The best thing is to have a bath, actually. If you have a bath and it changes in rhythm, you've probably got a little, a couple, not long, probably just a couple more hours, but you, it is worth staying put for that. So I'm not saying suck it up, put up with it, don't go. In fact, if anything, call the call labor ward and talk to them or to call your doula or call someone. They'll give you guidance. We're not saying don't go to hospital, but what we're saying is the whole point of the problem at the moment is people want to be in hospital for as least time as possible. So we are hoping with this session that we're going to teach everyone, you know, how to do one, one, room two will help you Corona or non-Corona. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, it's basically saying, check in with yourself. Do you really need to leave as yet? Speak to a midwife, speak to a doula and relax into it. And just be, just basically, there is a point just before you go into labor that feels a bit boofy and you're a bit like, oh, if you think of it from this way, if you, you're about your body's gearing up to drop into a deeply intense state, if you throw at it taxis, street, triage, people in masks, um, stressful setting, at that very, very, very sensitive moment, that pivot point, yeah. it's going to stop and slow down probably because you're not really in labor yet. So it's even more important that people understand that if you are going to go to hospital, you need to go when things have established. So I think it will, we'll have to do that in the, in, the, in the third section to go to much more detail about, about what that feels like. But hopefully we've kind of given a, 
a deeper understanding. I feel like what else could we add about the feelings? I just um, wanted to say a couple of things about going in as well, because something I always say to my mums is, if you're unsure, it's not time. Because I find if they start to say something like, I think I want to go in, or I feel like I might want to go in, and, I, and I'll say, oh, should we try a bath or, you know, whatever. Can, you know, do you really want to go in? Often they're like, I don't know. But when they actually truly want to go and have their baby, there is no shadow of a doubt. They just are so in the zone and they just suddenly go, we're going in. It's not even a question, it's we're going. And they are so sure. So I always feel like they know when they're unsure, maybe they're feeling, you know, that three centimeter change. They're feeling things and thinking, oh, it's feeling bigger, I want to go but then they're still not sure that I do find when they're sure you know it and we go. And we're going to explain that, aren't we? In the, in the last film, yeah. we'll explain why are those women sure. This is the great big magical key that, that we're going to teach you, which is why are they sure? They're sure because you cannot miss a baby in, in your, that's descending through your pelvis, that's filling your pelvis. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds a bit nuts and boltsy, like I'm talking mechanics, but in a sense... There is a fair bit of mechanics. It is the baby's burrowing now. In, 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 in early labor, you are not feeling changes. You are feeling intermittent waves. You're feeling very strong waves. Are you feeling a baby coming down and through? No. And I think if people can understand, it is lit, you from the inside know that. No amount of hands exploring you know, the cervix, no amount of counting wraps is going to tell anyone more clearly then you now know, you know, you, you are the one that will know. In fact, we'll talk about it more clearly in case I forget, got to hospital, my first baby. And I happened to have a gas. I did love gas and air the first time. And I, they had a movable canister and I was, lit, I was dancing it. I was dancing with it like a, like I was in a disco, <laughs> like a slow dance, cuddling it like this, wouldn't be parted like this. So I happened to be vertical with gravity. So, I'm like, oh, yeah, this. Anyway, I can remember now, 20 years on, whatever, this incredible change. Now, that must, I, I was four centimeters, five centimeters. It doesn't matter what, I don't, I hate numbers anyway, it's irrelevant. But the point is, I was moving into room two big time. Mm-hmm. And I remember going like this. I looked up and I went, what's that? <laughs> Just going, what's that? It's really weird that I can remember it. And the midwife laughed. She was such a good midwife and she just laughed and she went sounds like progress to me and I went and I remember that something and I went ah like hang on that's my baby and she was like hmm that's how it feels and it was what was happening is just to show you you know if a cervix is now coming to be soft and so thin and stretchy my baby's coming through can you see my hand so what I'm feeling is that so that makes can you hear it see yeah, yeah, we can see. You're starting to feel the bulge of it, the, 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 the kind of filling up feeling. The, 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 that's labour. Now, I had been for three days, I had had strong contractions on and off. But I somehow, I, I don't know how I got lucky because I didn't know anything at that time, but I sort of knew it wasn't labour. I just sort of knew because it didn't change. It, I did have strong contractions every five minutes for long periods, but I knew it wasn't birth happening. Because she wasn't, as in my child, was not burrowing down. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that. But so when you say you just know, you just know, we're not talking about fluffy instinct. We're talking about boof. You know, you can't miss it. Can't miss it. You can't miss it. We probably should end there. I'm just trying to. I feel like um, I'm wondering if I should. Should I just look in? So all of this is in how to have a baby. Yeah, Sorry. you've got it there. I've got mine here. I think we should show it. Double up. <laughs> the best book in the world. Um, <laughs> it is there. Um, can I just... You're in one or in two. Are you going to read? I'm just going to maybe read a little bit. Hang on. Um, okay, maybe a bit of description. Shall I read it? Yeah, go for it. In the first room, things may start with cramps. The drag to the cramps will get heavier and heavier, becoming gentle waves and in time, proper strong contractions. Unlike active labour or room two, as we're going to discuss, which can unfold formulaically when the body is getting what it needs, this build-up bit is often unpredictable. 
It can be a few hours for some, a day or even two for others, which is why you need a plan. So that's why we're telling you this, because it's going to help you to relax. It will be easy to dismiss irregular cramping, but as soon as there is a marked rise, peak, recede to the feelings, and enough that it gives you pause and leaning is necessary, you know, it's tempting to go into gear and to label this as labour and start the clock. Plenty of couples start burning candles at this point or close curtains or create a zone. But using the L word before it's time sets the stage too early. All that watching yourself equates to a kind of holding your breath. By circling on balls and keeping partners home and calling doulas that early, you've announced get, set, go. And it will be hard to go back on that and recover precious energy once you have. A more productive approach is to save your focus for when those feelings are non-negotiable, for when you enter the second room and there is no choice but to concentrate. So we're going to save that up for the next time, but just think of it as, I hate analogies to sport myself, but that thing about don't sprint at the start of a marathon, I mean, it's, it's, it is quite a good one for this. It's like you would not, don't forget your expectations are about 70% of the energy. <laughs> And if you are overusing your expectations and you're like straining, you know, racehorse, isn't it? It's a nightmare. You can't do it like that. You have to just be where you are, relax your body, get a hot water bottle, have a nice breakfast, take a walk, knit, do clothes, watch telly, listen to music, chat to a friend. Eventually go and lie down and have a radio on in the background. You know, I don't mean that you can, I don't always want to give the impression you can distract yourself. Sometimes, I was with a woman once, and from 10 in the morning till 6 at night, she stayed, she did stay in her dark bedroom. But why did she? Because she had a lovely radio, she had radio on, which she loved Desert Island Discs, and she loved listening to the radio. So she was resting. She did have the curtains open sometimes, but she ate, she drank. So we don't necessarily mean the keep going, bake cakes thing. Yeah. It might be that, but it also might be that you are in a little nest. That's fine. Have a bath for two hours. I remember one woman years and years ago got in a bath at nine o'clock and got out at 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't mean, and she was as wrinkly as anything. That worked for her. It doesn't matter what you do, but it has to be not what you should do. It's what you feel like doing, isn't it? Always. Yeah. Mm. Like you say, follow your feelings. Always follow your feelings. But mm. I think, should we leave it there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we will come back for room two, which I can't wait now. <laughs> I'm like, I can't wait to talk about room two. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does make fun, baby. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you, Natalie. That is just awesome. All right. Um, yeah, we'll be back soon. Bye. Bye.